life, uh, around a year ago, I, I heard a, a preaching series about different names of the devil, of the enemy. And I heard that for the very first time and I was thinking, I was praying for more a year for this new preaching series. Uh, it's about the strategy of the devil. Yeah, you hear me right. This title is the strategy of a devil. And I will not speak half an hour about how strong the enemy is. But I think as a church, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we should know a little bit about the strategy, how the enemy, the devil operates actually in, in the unseen world. There's a good news. The day when I received Jesus Christ, and maybe you remember yourself, was the moment I felt I am forgiven. I felt like a big package of, of heaviness felt down, right? All of a sudden, I felt like an inner peace. It has nothing to do with the circumstance, like a peace that I know my life is in the hands of God Almighty and my future is brighter than my past. But in the same way, I felt for the very first time some attacks from the, from, from the evil one. All of a sudden, I felt I have some obstacles, certain people that are all of a sudden against me and I had to learn there is God, he is good, but in the same way there's the devil and he's not good. Sometimes I saw situations in my life, I felt like a victory. Say, so, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not winning. But in every moment when you fail, God sees an opportunity that we come stronger out of the season than we enter the season. And I don't want to give credit to the devil in this series, but I think it's very important for us as a church that you understand there are some principles in the Bible. If you have a smartphone uh, online or live, just take your smartphone out of uh, your pocket, uh, please. How cool is that we are church? We want to challenge you to use the smartphone, not for Facebook and whatever. I want to ask you a question, and here is the, the QR code on, on the screen. You can just zip uh, in. Um, it's a very, very simple question, actually, but I would love to start with a good question. My question is, do you believe in the existence of the devil? Do you believe the devil is real? Yes, or maybe you say, I'm not sure, that is like a, a Swiss uh, answer, I'm not sure, I'm very neutral. Or you say, uh, no, just be honest for a moment, or do you really believe that this is, uh, he exists real, I mean, real, real, or you think it's a fake, it's only a fairy tale, or it's just only in the Bible, just to give a little bit of pressure on us. Just let me know, 90% here uh, saying, yeah, uh, we believe it, 91, 9%, uh, there's a lot of Swiss people here, <laughs> you're not sure yet. But it's not one person at the moment that is uh, saying no. And I think it is very important that um, just to understand a little bit where you're at in that topic. 93%, wow, that's, that's a big number. Thank you so much for, for um, being a part of that. I want to start with some facts and figures about the enemy. And then I want to go in the second part. What can we do? Because God is always stronger than any enemy. In the second Corinthians chapter two, verse 11, as you can see on the screen, uh, let Satan should not get advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his devices. With other words, we know exactly as a church how the devil operates. And here is, for me, a very shocking thing. Often if I ask people, do you know about the strategy of the devil? They say, no. 
And I think we should know about the strategy, how the devil operates, because it helps us to be strong and we can overcome every evil thing in our life. When you read the Bible, you will find a lot of different words, uh, biblical names for the evil. For example, you will find the word Lucifer, you will find the word Satan, you will find the word devil, roaring lion, the Antichrist, and some more names. And maybe you're wondering why there is not just one name. Because every name has to do with one characteristics, how the enemy operates. And I would love to start with the first name about Lucifer. When you Google, Lucifer was actually uh, the head angels of all the angels, and he was a worship leader. And he wants to become, and he wants to be like God. And one of the characteristics of the Lucifer is always, he deceives us in a very, very wrong thing. He deceives us. No, I'm waiting for... <laughs> Are you shocked now? A lot of people are wondering, why in the flipping world are you doing that on the stage? Hey, very simple. In the age, in the, in the middle age of history, people had this image in their mind. The devil has some horns, a red dress, smoke and music, and he's very, very smart. We have a picture of how the devil looks like, right? And if you don't have a picture, say, oh, the devil, I don't know, it's maybe a little bit air or something in the air, I don't know. But here's the point. This is a total wrong image that people used in the old Middle Age to, to shock and threaten people actually in the church. Hey, let's go into the first point. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. And here you have to understand when Lucifer was in heaven, he was a worship leader. He said, I want to be like God. And God kicked him out. God resists the proud people. He kicked him out from heaven. When the devil was kicked out in heaven, he is looking, searching for people. And he comes up with the same lie again. Check this out. Genesis chapter 3 verse 5. He said to Adam and Eve, you will be like God. You can be like God. If you choose to believe in a different God. Check this out in the Garden Eden when the devil came to Adam and Eve. They said, hey Adam and Eve, God allows you to eat from all the trees. But there is one tree. Why in the flipping world, if God is good, he will not allow you to eat from all the trees because God is afraid that you become like him. That's why God, the God keeps you small. 
When Jesus was for 40 days in the desert, the devil sneaks in and saying to Jesus, Jesus, you're fasting and praying, you're starving, you get hungry, and you will give your life on a cross for people that will deny you? If you worship me, you can be like God, you can have all the riches of this earth, just praise me. The devil also sneaks in in your own life. He comes with lies. And I tell you the lies, what I often hear as a pastor from unbelievers. They're saying, hey, have you ever seen a Christian who becomes a multi-billionaire? All the famous actors are not Christian. All the good brands are not from Christians. All the good music is not from Christian, only besides uh, Justin Bieber. Um, Check this out. That means all the Christians, we are not doing good. We are in the middle. We are in the nowhere. If you praise me, if you worship me, you can be famous. You can be rich. You can do much more. But your God keeps you small. Weak, it's the new strong you preach in the church. Being humble, it's the fresh things. Check this out. Your theology, your preaching, or your believing keeps the Christian small. Have you ever heard statements like that? What is your statement that you hear all the time? And this is like the devil is attacking you. Now comes the question, how can we handle this situation? Should I fight against the devil? Hey, no, we should not fight against the devil. Even though if there's the armor of God, there's the helmet and the sword and all those things, it's not the picture for, for only men. It's more like if you're wearing the helmet, means keep watch what you think. This word means you have a foundation. It's the word of God and not the meaning of this world. The, the armor of, of, of God, it's more something. I position myself. I know who is on my side. I want to give you a crazy Bible verse and I, want, I don't want to go too deep. In Jude chapter 1 verse 9. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputed with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for the slender but said, the Lord rebuke you. And here in this Bible text is very, very important. We don't fight against the devil. I tell you what we do. What the Bible always says, he says, resist the devil. I want to give you a very, very simple illustration, actually. Some years ago, my wife and I, we were in um, America, um, Key Largo, the Key, Key West, yeah, there. And we did a snorkeling thing. And when we were in the water, the, 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 the coach came and said, hey, if you snorkel, there will be so dolphins and a lot of big fish. And some fish, they're not looking nice, they're not friendly. And if you're snorkeling together, and if you're afraid or a shark sneaks in, don't be on the shock. Calm down and if you are afraid just turn around very smooth very slowly and then when you turn it back then swim away very smooth and very peaceful and all of a sudden the bad fish are gone that's for me the strategy when the devil attacks us. When the devil attacks you with lies, with attacks, I look 
to the devil and I not get panicked. I just turn around and all of a sudden with the power of God, I swim away and I ignore him. Martin Luther, he wrote the Bible. He tells a story. One, one night when he, while he was sleeping, in the middle of the night, he heard some noise in the room. And he woke up and all of a sudden he saw be, beside his bed was the devil was standing in his living room. And he watched and said, oh my gosh, that's you devil. He turned around and fell asleep. Just ignore the enemy. I don't fight. Turn around. I turn around and I fix my eyes. To the presence of God. This is what the, the devil hates. When I turn around, what is, what is, what is, what that turn around means? Turn around means for me, I worship God and I put in worship God into the center. That's the right strategy. How you can overcome the devil? With praise and worship. When we praise and worship, it's not that God gets bigger. Or when we don't worship, get God gets smaller. We cannot say, let's pimp God bigger. Let's shrink God smaller. God is always big. It's my heart gets bigger. My understanding gets bigger because I know when I turn around, when God is on my side, he's stronger. He's more faithful than ever the evil can be. Turn around. Worship means I focus to the one who is able and stronger than any enemy. Let's go back to this Bible verse in Genesis chapter 3 verse 5 because here is an error. Here is a lie already theologically in this Bible verse. The devil is saying to Adam and Eve, you will be like God. You will be like God. You can be God. We having, we're living in a generation right now, they think we are God. We can save the world. Hmm? If you don't eat any cow, any meat anymore, we, we can save the world. Yeah. Wow. We believe we can be like God. But here is a lie. We are not like God. We are created in the image. In the image of God. Image means we are reflecting the way how God is. And that's a big difference. What is the difference between God and image? God means he has no limitations. He is above he can do anything, everything, all, right? Image means we have some limitations. Hey, if, if, if a person dies, you're on a funeral, you will say ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and you know he lies a person with limitations. I want to show you some limitations, and then I want to turn around what is the good news about the limitations. We have limitations about our bodies. We can only be in one time, in one place. Our minds, our giftings, our personalities, our family of origins, educations and career, our seasons of life, or our 80 or so years in our life. And here is the illustration of the message today. Limitations mean this Roar is actually, rope is actually our life. The red means we live maybe 80 years, 60 years, 50 years, 100 years, how, how, whatever. 
if you compare this red line to the rest here, what's the problem? This is our life. And the devil always attacks us in those 80 years of this red rope. But think for a moment, this is not relevant to the endless rope here in terms of eternity. That means in these 80 years, we are not alone. We are not victims. God has given us in those 80 years the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not a small thing. It's not a spooky thing. We are sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. We have some limitations, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, everything is possible. The Holy Spirit can and will crash and destroy all the limitations we are in because he is even stronger what the devil has to offer in our lives. Check this out when the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, empowers you and me. Those limitations, as you can see on the screen, are Hey, how cool is that? The devil wants to offer you can be like God. No, we have limitations. But we are not stuck in limitations. That will be no good news. The limitation means the Holy Spirit is, will enable us for breakthroughs, for miracles, signs and wonders. This is actually the strategy that God helps us in those 80 years. When I prepared a message, I felt, I don't want to just talk about the power of worship. What will happen if we experience together the power of worship? I want to ask you, can you stand up for a moment? If you're watching online, that's also a good moment to stand up. Can you put on your mask? And I asked my worship team, because we wrote different worship songs. And when we praise God with worship songs, and you will hear four different stories where people have some limitations, where people are struggling, where people have some issues in their life. But in every, every situation they're facing, they're using worship songs. And there is a power when we use worship songs to proclaim about the goodness and faithfulness of God Almighty. Worship is for me nothing else a turn around to my issues, turn around to my obstacles, and I looked and fixed my eyes to the one who is able to turn everything around. The band will tell you the story and then they will sing a medley. And I just want to ask you to sing with Belong. And when we sing, just believe in the next minute that in praise and worship, signs and miracles takes place. What we confess with our mouth has in the unseen world an amazing power because words are stronger than what the enemy can offer. Come on, church. Yeah, I'm self-employed. Self, yeah, self-employed, and which is not always easy um, because 
you never know how much money you will have in, in the end of the month. And I sometimes start worrying about the future and doubting if God is really my provider. And in these moments when, I, when these thoughts come up, I have to remind myself that God has never let me down, that He is faithful. And I like this song when it says, not for a minute was I forsaken. And when I start singing that song, something, something changes. And maybe you feel the same sometimes. So let's sing this together. overcome me and I start feeling sick and I just want to walk away and I know that that's the enemy who wants to attack me and push me down and thinks you today no and that's the moment where I realize Jesus here I am I'm not going anywhere and I know that you are with me and maybe you are in a situation where you want to walk away you you maybe don't think that God is good or He's with you. And let's proclaim this, that Jesus, here I am. I'm not going anywhere. And I know you're not going anywhere. You're, you're here with me. Let's proclaim this over our thoughts, over our lives, over our situations. And let's sing this together. I'm not going anywhere. Here I am. I'm not going anywhere.
started to change and I was like having thoughts like God where are you God of wonder do you even care what I pray did you even care what how how I'm, I am now and yeah a week week after that or so I was worshiping and I realized that I need to give God the space to talk to me that I need to hear his voice that I need to choose his to hear his voice because if I listen to my thoughts where the enemy creeps in and changes them and makes little tweaks that I question God God's ways then I don't have time to listen to God's voice and what he wants to tell me and yeah he told me that he's in control and he would never let something happen that's that's not thought through because he he sees the bigger picture he sees it all and I just see that tiny bit and yeah sometimes I feel like it's like darkness around us and we don't see the way that God wants to go with us and he makes choices that we don't understand and maybe you feel like this that you're in the midnight that you don't see your way in front of you and I want to encourage you that you choose the next song to listen to God's voice to to choose to listen to his voice and forget your thoughts for a minute that he can tell what he wants with your life and what he thinks about the situation because when when there's light the darkness needs to bow all darkness has to bow before the great I am chains are coming Before 
beginning of 2020, God gave me a promise and He told me that He will give me more than I could ever imagine, that He will bless me and His blessing will overflow. And short after this promise was made, the darkest time in my life began and I felt lonely, I felt scared and it felt like everything was taken away from me. And I had really dark thoughts during that time. I thought, well, if life is over now, I'm good with it. Like, we can end it now. I'm done. But then I remembered the promise that He gave to me. And I remembered that He wants to bless me. And I kept, to, I kept holding on to this promise. And I kept praising His name. And I kept believing that He will provide, that He will send a breakthrough. And He did. And I want to encourage you, if you're in a situation where you feel scared or lonely or you feel like everything is falling apart just keep holding on to his promises keep holding on to his love because he will provide and if life is screaming at you that God isn't faithful and he doesn't care and he he isn't good scream back with the truth that you know scream back with scriptures with psalms with worship songs scream back because he is faithful and he will provide just keep holding on to that Do you feel the power right now when we praise and worship God, when we put God in the center? You can take the seat for a moment again. You can put off your masks. There's always a good news for you guys. Hey, there's power in praise of worship, right? Hey, in these 80 years, as long as we live on this earth, sometimes we go into a crisis. Sometimes we face things we don't understand, we don't get it. And that's the moment where the devil sneaks in and gives us the idea that God is not good. You could be like God, but God keeps you small. God is not giving anything what he can give. And there's so many lies right now what we believe. And I would love to close with the last part. Worship keeps me strong 
and active. It's not when I praise God, it puts me passive. No, when I praise God, it keeps me active. That means I know ex exactly 80 years is nothing compared to the eternity. Have you ever heard the slogan, the best is yet to come? Sometimes they say it sucks. No, it means the best is not this, so the best is yet to come. That means in eternity with God in heaven. I know nobody loves in the church at the moment when we preach about heaven because heaven seems to be a boring place, right? We want to live right now. The YOLO generation, you only live once. Let's give the best out of it. Hey, I want to read the Bible verse in Psalm. It's a very encouraging Bible verse, actually. Can you put the other one, not this one? Yeah, Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set God always before me because He's at my right hand. The right hand in the Bible means the right hand, you bless the people, you lead the people, you protect the people. God is saying, my right hand is right now leading and guiding and protecting you. And I shall not be moved. I want to close the message with a thought. The whole world is under shock because of the coronavirus. And I studied the Bible for month and month and I never said that before. Where does the virus come from? I don't know. But if you read the Old Testament in the Bible, the people of God, the church, always prayed, God, protect us from the virus that can kill our animals, our house, our lives. Have you ever wondered why God is not doing anything? Maybe it's an awakening call. Maybe God is saying when there's a generation around the world, they don't not believe in God anymore. A generation, generation Z, the millenniums, they say we don't need God anymore. We can do anything. We can save the planet Earth with not eating cows. Maybe God is screaming to that virus and saying you guys, you have 80 years. If you're healthy, 100 years, it doesn't matter 20 years more in terms of eternity. What sucks, church, it's in our small groups and the Christians, we talk about the coronavirus. We are so afraid about we could die. You die anyhow. Can I hear an amen? You die anyhow. We don't like to die anymore. Will you die anyhow? The question is how you die. And I really do believe that this virus is an awakening call from God and heaven around the world. And I will not discuss about should we have a mask or not to meet us at distance. That's not the point. The point is if we are as a church not going on our knees, we're crying and we're praying for revival, then this virus doesn't make sense at all. Every revival, and you can study and study revival. Every study had a breakout when people were in need. 
When a break broke out, when a war broke out, or people were starving, hungry, had no job, no food anymore, this was always the moment that people turned back to God and said, God, we need you. And we as a church around the world, we're praying for many years, for many decades, for a revival. And maybe this is a situation where God said, okay, let's go for another two years with this virus until maybe everyone lost the company, maybe you're losing the money, maybe you're losing your dreams, whatever you're losing. That's not the point for God because it doesn't matter the 80 years. God thinks differently. God has the eternity in his mind, a life that will never end. And when I praise and worship my God in heaven, I all of a sudden have a passion to win my family for God. You're winning your friends for God. You're praying for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, for your environment. Let's pray together for a revival. Let's use it. We will not give that virus the glory, the enemy who destroys. I want to see that in these seasons, the kingdom of God gets bigger and stronger. I'm so tired, church. Let's be a generation who is hungry for God. Let's be a generation we believe for a breakthrough. Let's be a generation we're going for more than only success. You know, God spoke to me six months ago. I was walking with my wife. I said, God, what should I do in the coronavirus? How should I lead ISF Zurich? Because we cannot meet in the celebration. God said to me, the next year, you work harder than ever. You will become an online church. You will reach millions of people if you're focusing for winning and reaching the people. Hey, this virus is an awakening call from God and heaven. No one preaches about those topics because it's dangerous. And I'm wondering what's happened with all the preachers around the world. We need leadership. And if you read the Bible in the Old Testament, there's no two meanings. It's so simple, clear. There's a message. And let's see the message. Let's get revived on fire, be on focus that this 80 years is not all we have. We are designed to spend an eternity with God Almighty. If you die today, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm not afraid about the coronavirus to die. I'm afraid for those people that die without knowing God. That's the ho most horrible thing and this should matter us. But have you cried for the last time about your friends that are not believing in Christ? Or if you're so focused about earning more money, going to the career and we study, it's nothing wrong about those things. But sometimes it's an awakening call of God Almighty. Let's do the, make the right thing the main thing should be the main thing. A church, I want to ask you online and even live, maybe you all agree with me, maybe you're not agree with me, 
But one thing we have in common, we believe in God and we believe in a second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's one of the best moments that He can come back. Let's stand for a moment together also online. You can stand online. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I would love to pray for those people. Maybe you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, also online. Or maybe you felt like you drifted in your faith. You became lukewarm. You put things in the center who is not God. And that's always a moment when the Holy Spirit is awakening us and we have the knowledge right now that we need Christ. If this is you, just close your eyes for a moment. I would love to pray with you a very, very simple prayer of salvation, a salvation prayer. You're only one prayer away to be reconnected with Jesus Christ or for the very, very first time. Please pray with me and say, Dear Jesus, thank you so much for my unique life. I have failed and I've sinned. Forgiving my sins and failures. And I receive your forgiveness. I make you as my Lord and Savior. Please lead me and guide me. Bless me and protect me. I want to be yours forever. The Bible says when you pray this prayer, you are forgiven. You belong to the family of God. You are born again. You are a member of eternity in the house of the Lord. And now I want to love to, I want to ask for the church. I really do believe this is a very crucial season for the body of Christ. And I don't want to sleep. I don't want to be busy doing my things. And I don't want to be led to the news with numbers, facts and figures and the panic and the worries and all those things. Father God, you have given me on this earth 80 or 100 or 60 years to live. But I lay down my own agenda. And I turn around, my, I turn my back to the devil and say, devil, you lies, the God is not good. If I follow God, I will not have enough. I will turn my back to you. And I will not listen to your voices anymore. I fix my eyes to my Savior, to my best friend, whom I will spend my whole entire eternity. I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, revive me. Light in me a fire. Anoint me with holiness. Holy Spirit, light in me a fire. Revive me right now. I'm not led by fear. I am led with hope, with faith, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, revive me. 
I want to ask you wherever you stand, wherever you are, scream and cry and ask the Spirit of God for revival. Revive me, restore me, anoint me, bring a breakthrough in my life. Come on church, sing it, believe it, scream it, shout it, God is here. Come on.